So as we've been talking the last few months, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, about our focus. One of the lessons is about the focus of our finances. And if we have an eternal perspective, it will change the way we handle our finances, right? And that's why, that's why we give, uh, because people need to hear about Jesus. I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. If you don't know who I am, my name is John, and I get to serve as the pastor here and humble and blessed to do that. And as we normally start every Sunday morning message, let's do that, all right? So are you ready? God is good? And all the time? Do you believe that, yes or no? Is it sometimes difficult to believe that, yes or no? Yeah. We're going to wrestle with that a little bit in the end of our text this morning. We're going to talk about prayer today. And as we... End with a few points of application today. We're going to get to the idea. We're going to wrestle this morning with, we, we believe God is good, but sometimes he doesn't seem so good. We'll get to it in a minute, but sometimes it feels like God is giving us a stone or a serpent or a scorpion. So what, what are we going to do when we believe God is good? And we, we make that statement every week, and the reason I... I want to make that statement every week. Actually, the first time I really caught on to that was in Kenya in 2009. And I thought, their life's a lot different than mine. And they walked however long to church that day. And they still say, God is good all the time. We're going to wrestle with that today. When we talk about prayer, though, what, what's, what's the value of prayer? What's the importance of prayer? Why, why should we pray? And in this text in Matthew chapter 7, I want to give you a one-sentence review. So if you've missed the last six weeks, good for you. you only, we're going to review all of it in one sentence, okay? So Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is known as Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is sitting there on the side of the mountain. He's speaking to his disciples, the Pharisees, religious people, and there's a crowd that has gathered. And in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, basically we could summarize in one sentence. And that sentence is this. The matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. Jesus is after your heart. He's not after your money. He's not after your good works. He's not after all your religious activity. He's after you. That's awesome. He's not impressed with my sport coat this morning, as some of you may be. He's after my heart. He's after your heart. And that's what Jesus has been talking about. And I see in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Would you stand with me this morning as we read this? We're going to read Matthew 7 through, uh, 7 through 11, and then we're going to also read the Lord's Prayer, which we skipped over a few weeks ago, all right? So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 7, verse, starting in verse number 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, as I mentioned. Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent. If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your, you might circle that word, Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. All right, now, it's going to be on the screen for us today, and I'm going to have to read it off the screen because, to be honest with you, I memorized the Lord's Prayer years and years ago in the old King James English, and so i got to have it up here on the screen. And so would you read it out loud with me, all right? Here we go, ready? In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we ask three simple things today. Lord, we ask that you would open up our ears so that we could hear. We ask you, Lord, to open up our minds so that we could understand. And we ask you, Lord, to open up our hearts so that we will respond. It's in the precious and the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated this morning. And so as we look at this idea of prayer, we see very quickly the first thing that kind of jumps out to me is that we should pray with persistence. Pray with persistence. We see twice. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. And he says, if you ask, seek, and knock, right? So we get this understanding of this persistence in prayer. It's three words that mean really the same thing. Take your needs to the Lord in prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. And if you're really brilliant, you've already figured out that these three words, the first letter of these three words, ask, seek, and knock, what do those three words spell out? Ask. Aren't you glad that we can ask things of God. And he even uses the idea of like, it's like a good father, a good, good father who wants to bless his children. We can ask. One way to remember this passage, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, is I um, sometimes have a uh, problem remembering things. I feel like the older I get, that problem gets bigger. But anyways, Matthew 7, 11 makes me think of the grocery store, the gas station, 7-Eleven. Do you know why it's called 7-Eleven? It used to be open from 7 to 11. And do you know why it's now open 24-7? Well, because you guys will go in there and spend your money. That's the real reason. But in the 60s, the first 7-Eleven that opened 24-7 was kind of by accident. It was located near the University of Texas, and a football game went late. All the people crowded the 7-Eleven, so they ended up staying up late. So we have the University of Texas. They probably lost, but they have the University of Texas to thank. So 7-Eleven is 24-7 now, right? How often can we go to God? Aren't you glad it's not just from 7 to 11? Probably if you're like me, you're... Your moments when you're like, I need God, is after 11 p.m. Or before 7 a.m. Like, when you're laying in bed, like, God, life is hard. Can you guys identify with that? Ask. Persistence. We see this in Scripture. Paul said, pray without ceasing. James said, you have, James the brother of Jesus said, you have not because you, you ask not. We, we want to 
I'm so thankful I can go to the Lord with my needs in prayer. And, and the persistence here, I want you to turn to Luke chapter number 11. And Luke chapter number 11 is a parallel passage between Matthew 7 and Luke 11. Interesting enough, like verses 2 through 5 in Luke chapter 11, we see what we just read, what we just quoted, the Lord's Prayer. Then we also see in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse number 9, which we're going to get to in a minute, is we see the same thing we just read, ask, seek, and knock. And sandwiched between these two things that we see in Matthew chapter 7, we have a parable that Luke shares with us that Matthew does not. Look at verse number 5 of Luke chapter number 11. And he said to them, so he is being Jesus, all right? Jesus said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to his friend, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on this journey and I have nothing to set before him. He will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is shut and my children are with me. I cannot rise and give to you. Okay, that's probably how most of us are going to respond if a neighbor knocks and just wants a loaf of bread at midnight, right? And like, leave me alone. Uh, you can get it tomorrow. But let's keep reading. Verse 8. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he is a friend. Yet, because of his, what's the word? persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Persistence pays off, doesn't it? We see all throughout Scripture where Jesus, the Lord, the Scriptures teach us to be persistent in prayer. The second thing I see back in Matthew chapter 7 in our text here, ask, seek, and knock. The second is not only pray with persistence, but pray with perspective. Proper perspective is important, isn't it? Now, a few months ago, when Pastor Matt, our administrative pastor, was speaking in Malachi, and we were in that series, Guarded, and, and Matt made a statement that Jesus is not like the genie in the bottle. Like, we don't, uh, many times we approach Jesus like that. We approach Jesus like it's Santa Claus Jesus, right? We just give him our wish list. Here's what I want. I've been good enough. You know, check your list, all that good stuff. But that's not the perspective we're supposed to have when we approach Christ in prayer. Let's think from the perspective. Remember, we've jumped in Matthew chapter 7 here, a part of a conversation that Jesus had to his disciples, these religious people, and to the crowd that's gathered. And so when he's talking about to them in this moment, ask, seek, and knock, pray, be persistent, but have proper perspective, what would their perspective have been? What have they been hearing well, they heard Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember what we said about that? We can't get to God until we realize we can't get to God. He goes on to say, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And this mourning is not just, oh, I'm sorry, or I had a bad day, but it's mourning over our sin, that we stand guilty before a holy, righteous God. And when we mourn over our sin, and then, then they would have heard, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And remember, we talked about righteousness. It's about pursuing Christ. It's Christ in us. They would have heard Matthew chapter 5 verse 20 when Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the, the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter in the kingdom of heaven. They would have heard the statements where Jesus said, you have heard it said, but I say unto you, this is the standard. They would have remembered Matthew 5 48 where he said, the standard is now perfection. 
And unless you are perfect, unless your righteousness exceeds that in the scribes of Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They would remember Matthew chapter 6, 22 and 23, where Jesus says, if your eye be full of light, then your body will be full of light. It will be healthy. But if your eye be dark, your body will be full of darkness. You will be unhealthy. And we talked about perspective. If I live with a earthly perspective, unhealthy, or if I live with an eternal perspective, healthy. And that perspective will change in Matthew 6, 33. What does he say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So the perspective is important, isn't it? When I approach God in prayer with a proper perspective, it changes my, it changes my prayer life. Because if I have an earthly perspective, you know what most of, most of my prayer life consists of? God, I need you to do this. I need you to fix that. Oh, and I could always use more money. Can I get an amen, right? But when I have an eternal perspective, and I think there are people in Kenya right now who've never heard the name of Jesus. It'll change what I worry about. It'll change what I pray about. It'll change how I spend my money. When I think from an eternal perspective, there's people in these elementary schools. Our church is surrounded by elementary schools. There's kids in those schools that have never heard the name of Jesus. And it will change what I pray. It will change how I pray. It will change how often I pray. And so we want to be persistent in our prayer, but we also want to have the proper perspective. The third one is this. We want to pray with purpose. So what is the purpose of prayer? Is the purpose of prayer to get my needs met? Philippians 4.19, and when we just read it, my gosh, just apply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's why I pray, so God will answer everything, as Marty said, I want. Right? And I've heard an old saying before, God will answer your needs, not your greeds. Right? Sometimes that's hard to determine. Let's go back to Luke chapter number 11. In Luke chapter number 11, you're going to see something that sounds really, really familiar to what we just read in Matthew chapter number 7. You're going to see the same three words, ask, seek, knock. You're going to see the same uh, word pictures here of a, a stone and a serpent. Then we're going to get a third word picture. But then in the last verse that we read in Luke chapter 11, there's going to be two words that are not in our text in Matthew chapter 7 that I think that are very important that point to us the purpose of prayer. All right, so Luke chapter number 11, verse number 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks of an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the, what's the next two words? Say it again. Say it louder. The next two words are what? Hmm. In Matthew it said, give good gifts to them who ask. Luke here adds, what's the good gift that God's going to give us? It's his presence. 
The purpose of prayer is to enter into the presence of God. Think about that for a moment. How much would our prayer life be transformed if we realized what prayer was? It's a conversation with our Creator. It's a conversation with the one who loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. I don't know about you, but when I let myself think for a moment on the reality that I get to talk and have conversation with my creator through his son Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. If, if I'm going to you know, be transparent, if, if I allowed myself to think that every morning, probably my prayer life would be a little different. When, when uh, years ago we used to do this, the, I didn't, the teenagers did this skit about prayer and all these different, I, I won't try to tell you all of them, but one of them, the guy was praying. He's like, oh, got his prayer list. Oh, God, you're probably a speed reader. Go ahead. And I feel like that's the way I approach God sometimes. Think about it for a moment. We get to have a conversation with the creator of the universe who's all-powerful, who's all-knowing, who's all-wise, who is good. And so if we were to have persistent prayer with the proper perspective, understanding the purpose, our prayer life would be a little different, wouldn't it? But there's these word, this word back in our text, it, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And, and here's, here's what we want to kind of rest or wrestle with some heaviness this morning. Because he uses this idea, if, if God is a good father, and if you're a good father, and if your child asks you for bread, you're not going to give him what? A stone. If you ask for fish, you're not going to give him a serpent. If you ask for egg, you're not going to give him a scorpion. But if we're going to be really like honest this morning, doesn't sometimes it feel like God has given you a stone? You ever felt that way? How many of you ever felt that way? And some of you, it's like, oh no, it's, it's way past the stone. He's given me a serpent and a scorpion. Anybody felt that way? So what do, what do we do? How do, we, how do we, 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 we quickly and easily say, God is good all the time, all the time. We believe it, I think, I hope. But sometimes life isn't good, is it? And so I think when we have the proper perspective of prayer, that the purpose in prayer is 
is to get the presence of God. I think we have to ask ourselves this kind of difficult question. When I approach God in prayer, am I after his presence or his presence? And if, if I'm going to be honest, which, to be honest, it's not always easy for me. A lot of times I'm after what he can give me. Prayer is not about getting something from God. It's about getting God. It's about entering into his presence. And when I get into his presence, you know what always comes with the presence of God? The provision and the power of God. So I want to give you three things to think about, to rest in when, when it feels like God has given you a stone. All right? The first one is this. Remember the Father's love. Remember the Father's love for you. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. It says this, if I can get to it. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I think of Romans, it says also, God demonstrated his love toward me, toward you, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And whenever we doubt the goodness of God, one of the best verses to go through go to is John 3 16 God so loved the world he he gave his only son and so when life it feels like God has answered your prayer with a stone a serpent and a scorpion let's let's remember the father's love the second thing we want to do is we want to believe the father's promise there in Romans just before verse 31 is verse 28 and and what does it say? We know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We were reminded yesterday at our men's breakfast of the story of Joseph. Joseph had a lot of stones handed to him, didn't he? By his own family. And at the end of it... what? Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, what did Joseph say? It's okay. What you intended for harm, God intended for good to save this many people. So when, when life is full of stones and serpents and scor- scorpions, we need to remember the Father's love. We need to believe the Father's promise. And the third thing is we need to trust the Father's wisdom. Remember the great theologian that said back in the early 90s, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer? Do you guys remember that song? Isn't that true? Sometimes we don't really know what we're asking for, do we? Our perspective is is limited. But look what Isaiah said in verse 50, uh, chapter 55, verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I love this quote by John Stott. Being good, our Heavenly Father gives only good gifts to his children. And being wise, he knows which gifts are good and which are not. And so when it feels like a stone, a serpent, or a scorpion, we have to remember his love, believe his promises, and trust he knows what he's doing. Do you, do you trust God? Even in the dark times? We, one of the songs we sang this morning that resonated with me said, that even if I get thrown into the fire, it'll be okay because you're with me. Reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember what they said as they're about to throw in the fire? Pharaoh, you can give us another chance. But we're not bowing to that image. Throw us in the fire. And even if, even if we die, we trust God. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment this morning as the worship team comes back out to lead us. And this morning, I, I want you to just evaluate your own prayer life. How's the persistency of your prayer life? How's your perspective? Have you forgotten the purpose? And my guess is this morning, really, I guess it's, not that I'm so much guessing, I've seen your hands raised that a lot of you have dealt with stones and serpents and scorpions. And some of you may be dealing with that right now. So maybe this morning's an opportunity for you just to, to say, you know what, God, in spite of, even if, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe. I'm going to believe you're good. I'm going to remember your love. And I'm going to trust that you know what's best. And what I want to do this morning is I want to ask if, if, if this morning you, you want to just publicly acknowledge, we're, we're about to sing the song that says, Lord, I need you. And if you would like to publicly just say and confess this morning, God, I do need you. God, I can't handle it. God, I feel like you're throwing a bunch of stones at me. And I just need to, to, to cast my cares upon you because you care for me. If that's you this morning, I want to pray over you this morning, but if you would like to just admit that this morning, would you just get up right where you're at and walk down to the front? Just stand here at the altar, and I'm going to pray over you. Just right now, get up, saying, God, I need you. God, life is not what I want it to be right now. Life is difficult. Life is a struggle. Go ahead, get up right now. Just come down. Some of you are coming. Just come. You can kneel, you can stand, you can just pray and seek to the Lord. But I, I just want to pray over you and say, listen, God, we are acknowledging this morning. Here's the reality. The best place for you to be is at the end of your rope and say, God, I can't do it. I need you. Would the rest of you stand with us this morning? I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing, God, I stand here with these people acknowledging, Lord, that life is bigger than me and problems are bigger than me. And, and yes, sometimes I struggle to understand why have you handed this to me? Sometimes the, the silence or the unanswered prayer, it feels like 
a heavy stone. It feels like a serpent. It feels like a scorpion. God, I, I want to trust. I want to believe. So, Lord, I pray for these that are here at the altar this morning. They are publicly acknowledging that they need you. And so, God, I pray that as they humble themselves and they seek you, that as you've promised, your grace will be sufficient. Bless them, strengthen them, encourage them. Lord, allow them just to lean on you and depend on you. You're welcome to stay and pray as long as you like. If you're out in the audience and you want to come pray, you're welcome to do that. But let's just worship together in song this morning.